In this episode, you will want to hear how my transgender hairdresser learnt how to deal with the poltergeists in his bedroom. Don't miss it. Welcome to this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. And I am utterly delighted to be joined by my colleague, Sam Robertson. Sam, you and I were just talking about how long we have worked together. Yes, 10 years almost. Almost 10 years. Sheer I know. joy. Uh, 10 glorious years. Ten. The, be- the best years of your life. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Sam, absolutely working with you every day is my utter highlight. It oh, very absolutely. genuinely is, and you know it. <laughs> it's my highlight too. Not working with me working with you obviously (laughs) so sam a little bit about ourselves we run the global prophetic alliance based in glasgow in scotland i'm irish you're scottish uh give people a flavor of what we do yeah so we're based here in glasgow but um our ministry goes to to thousands all over the world um through broadcasting our different networks and we do things like power hour which is our hour live program every week on a wednesday and where we just prophesy and god turns up and we see what he has to say i think um really we love to go after the presence of god we love the glory of god we love worship um and and we love prophesying i I have to say you know we we've prophesied nearly over everything that moves (laughs) it feels like yes And it's worth you guys knowing, listening to us, that our staff team here in Glasgow in Scotland have done about, we reckon, conservatively 40,000 man-hours of personal prophetic ministry. And so that makes the team here real-world experts at hearing the voice of God and prophetic ministry. Now, that's not necessarily because our anointing is any different from anybody else's anointing. Uh, So really what I'm saying is we've given time Mm. to the voice of God and giving time to the voice of God has developed the muscles of hearing him. And so really what we want to do is make sure that you uh, who are listening to us or watching us really um, get the best of many years of practice and those many years of practice actually lead to a degree of experience and so we want to share that with you because the world is shaking mm-hmm. and you can actually very quickly become depressed or spiral out or partner with chaos or partner with confusion if you don't know what God is saying right now and we often talk about when Peter says be established in present truth knowing that truth is always true but peter in scripture talks about present truth that sense of oh what is god doing right here right now i need to know that so that i am not one who is just spinning with every demonic wave that crashes in on my life Mm -hmm. totally and that anchors us in the movement of God and we want to be those who in shaking and change are moving with the tide of God and not the tide of the enemy we want to be moving as God does and I believe that even in uh, pressure points like where we are right now in the world with um, changes and wars and there's financial crisis God always wants the best for his people and he always has even in these moments of of being hard pressed he always has a way for us to thrive and we really want to tap into that I think um, with what God is saying and when we hear the voice of God we're then empowered to 
partner with the works of God, the ways of God, the solutions of God to thrive in times of crisis, but also be a solution and a person of change for other people. And can we just right at the beginning start as we mean to go on? Because you and I, we know each other very well. We're very straight talking and honest by culture actually and by temperament type as well so you get the double whammy of culture and our temperament type and I think it'd be fair to say we have many times had to prophesy over ourselves to be able to keep going absolutely because we are not watching everybody else shake and not be part of the journey ourselves and actually that sense of holding on to god what are you doing and what are you saying because i don't just need to help other people but i need to be anchored in totally. what you're saying and doing absolutely and and we need to be able to hear the voice of god for ourselves to be secure in that if we're then going to help other people be secure in revelation and it is i mean how many times do we have those prophetic pep talks to ourselves before we come on to something like this or power hour or a platform we need to prophesy over ourselves because we understand that the voice of god anchors us we understand that the voice of god is a securing force on the inside and it's not just that for those that we prophesy over we can testify it's that for us as well yes and i think what prophets bring to the conversation prophecy and prophets are a part of the bigger picture we talk about the jigsaw puzzle of the kingdom of god and we understand what part the prophets play is a piece but the prophets have timings and that's from chronicles in scripture second chronicles talks about the the tribe of issachar the prophetic tribe who know the timings of god let me tell you you will need to tune in to understand as we journey together what are the timings of God? Do I actually welcome this thing that's coming because it's God? Or is it actually Satan and I need to kick it out? Because with the timings of God, you know what it is to weather the weather. Absolutely. So important. And also that scripture says, not just they knew the timings of God, but they knew what the people had to do. Yes. And so it's not just about us saying, oh, here's what God's doing. It's also about us having the honest conversations of, well, what now? What do we do? And I think sometimes that can be missing from prophecy. We like the the rah-rah moment when a, a fresh word is released on a Sunday or a Friday night. But actually, what do you do when Monday starts? What do you do when you wake up the next day, you've had a revelation, you know what God is saying, you know the timings, you know the seasons. Well, actually, what is the strategy for how you live that out? And we want those honest conversations, much for for us as well as those listening. Absolutely. I mean, we are holding on to some scriptures at the moment, like, behold, you make all things new. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just need to raise our hands right now. Behold, you make all things new. Because that is an anchoring scripture. Now, it's difficult, that scripture, Because when we're talking about the days where God makes all things new, there is this sense that I'm about to lose the old. And yet in the old, I had identity. And in the old, I had purpose. And in the old, I understood my anointing. But behold, you make all things new is equally a comforting verse, but a terrifying verse. Because it means if you make all things new, I should be right now in the middle of loss. Absolutely. If you make all things new, God, I shall feel some degree of exposure and I shall feel some degree of loss. Loss of clearly 
the way things used to be, but exposure because I'd find my value in some things that are now being eroded. So loss and exposure are part of this day of the journey in Christ. And actually, if you don't know that, you can want to run back to say, no, 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 no. I'm saying I like change. (laughs) I'm decreeing I want transformation, but actually I am not prepared to really let anything go because actually it's too painful. But no, we want to be able to those right now as you listen to this who open our hands. I mean, like I'm doing right now, open our hands before God and say, when I decree that your verse that you make all things new, I'm actually going to let go of my previous identity, sometimes my previous call, sometimes my previous vision, because we are in the days of such radical transformation. Absolutely. And I think we need to have those honest conversations because I do think we kind of, as pioneering prophetic Christians, we quite like to lie to ourselves a little bit and say we love change. <laughs> when oh, yes. actually I think what we mean is we like when something's improved. We like when the, the, the bad bit of something disappears, but actually that's an update, an upgrade. God's speaking all change. And, yes. and, and he is, he, he's doing that. And it's, it's ferocious at times. And, and we've got to be honest and say, that means we do need to grieve a little bit. It yes. does mean we do need a moment of, oh, I didn't realize I was going to have to give that up. Because at the end of the day, you know, familiarity brings comfort. It brings a sense of security. That's why we love the old, because it's familiar and it it, it secures us. But we want to be bold, particularly as prophets and and you listening and watching, where we encourage each other, that it's not an individual sport, but we're saying, you know, I'm saying, come on, Emma, and you're saying, come on, Sam, and we're saying to you as our listeners, come on, you you can weather this. You can engage with the change and you will be better for it. Yeah, and I just want to release a grace to those who are listening and an an anointing ease of God to be able to walk through the level of change that the church and your life personally is going under and going through. So just just receive that right now as I bless you into the grace of God to navigate the winds of of change yeah. that we're at right now. So, I mean, what a place to start in our first podcast because God is literally bellowing. Now, I can hear him in the spirit mm. realm. I know you can hear him in the spirit realm. And it is all change uh, or epoch change or the third and great uh, uh, a reformation of the church, the final reformation of the church. Those kind of monumental things. We are hearing God from the throne. That means that the church of my children and my grandchildren... It I mean, actually, the church that I'm going to go to and that actually you and I lead, yeah. uh, you know, together with a team here in Glasgow, even in 10 years time is going to be unrecognizable totally. from what it is right now. Totally. And and that that's a wild thought. That is a wild thought. And actually, God is saying, look, receive right now a gift of flexibility. Receive right now a gift of malleability. That yeah. I don't want, God doesn't want us, God doesn't want you or I to be rigid and stuck. He's yeah. saying, I'm giving to you a gift of flexibility that as I move, as I shape, as I shift, as I change things, you will be able to move with me so that the church, as the church changes, so will you. And actually, you've got to get excited, even though it is a bit terrifying. It is that we're going to be going to 
to a church in 10 years time that's completely different right now god is saying feel my excitement over it feel my excitement over what i'm about to do and i mean we're talking about 10 years but to be fair i think even within the next well, six to 12 months totally it, it, we're going to see some massive change let's jump into um and we'll work through a few um, sessions together on what is changing. Yeah. But I really feel that what the prophets agree about... Now, it's, it, it's not often that all prophets agree because mm -hmm. we each have a different piece yeah. of the story and we all have a slightly different personality. And God tells us little bits that we weave together because it's not one elite prophetic voice. We're not, you know, the only trumpets mm. as individual prophets. We actually are a company of prophets around the world who God uses to reflect different parts of what's going on. So when every prophet that I know, and we know a lot, agree, we are sitting upright and we're we going, oh my, take Jesus, note. take note. This yeah. is really what you're doing. And we are all agreeing in this concept of the billion soul harvest and this billion soul harvest is the most I think dramatic monumental shift from the very slow um, plodding steady state of the church where we were risk averse not a lot happened and now God starts to say with great determination to us all everything you know will change because you are coming into harvest and you cannot take any decision without an eye on the harvest. And actually, it's not just, oh, God's going to raise up a few evangelists. Yes, we are going to see anointings for evangelism come. But it is that every member of the body of Christ in the family of God is going to be provoked to cry, God, give me souls. Absolutely. God, give me souls. Oh, God. And even as you hear me say that, let that be woken up in you. God, give me souls. Come on. And you can feel the glory of God on that because that is his heart right now, that we are going to have radical transformation because the church profile will not just be those who sat in its pews for years, but these post Christian people who find Jesus, who've never read a verse of scripture, <laughs> who have no idea of the kingdom culture, who don't know what it is to sing a worship song, who don't know John 3 verse 16, you know, uh, <laughs> that which we all grew up memorizing, Absolutely. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that, you know, whosoever believes in him shall, shall not, not perish, perish but have eternal life. And we all memorize yeah. John 3 16 as a child and they don't even know what truth is. I mean, they're wrestling with, well, God, what do you say about homosexuality? God, what do you say about sex before marriage? God, what do you say about blaspheming and swearing? They have no pre-established understanding of morality or truth. And actually, that means that the church is going to have to become a bold, truth-telling place again, because suddenly we're going to have an influx of souls who have no idea what any of these things are. Absolutely. And actually, that, there's two things there that you've got to pray right now and partner with. If you want to partner with the season of God, you're not just waiting 
for that God give me souls to kind of arrive in you, that cry. You're starting to pray it now. You're starting to stir that up. God, give me souls. I'm hungry to see souls saved for you. But also that you're laying hands on your head and you're saying, oh my goodness, I need a fresh infusion of bravery. I need bravery. And that's what I feel. I'm like, yes, give me souls, God. But oh my goodness, I'm going to need bravery to be the voice of truth that helps anchor those who are saved and, and your truth. See, I think we have got into a certain version of apologetics, a certain way we express the gospel or express the person of Jesus, which is quite light. Yeah. You know, we don't want Jesus to sound too strong or too opinionated or true, too dogmatic. We don't want the Jesus who's too absolute in his ways. So we have sinned in the watering down of actually what is absolute truth. Mm. And so I want us to reflect now on a couple of scriptures, Sam, together as we think about the billion soul harvest and our role in it. Let's go to Daniel. And Daniel is um, in captivity. It is an incredibly hostile environment. In fact, he's not very liked by the majority. There's conspiracies against him, just like there is today, conspiracies against the people of God. And God turns up and writes on the wall. And Daniel is summoned to interpret it. And Daniel actually says to the king, look, by the end of today, mate, you're going to be dead and you're going to lose your kingdom. That's a heck of a word there already, isn't it? so wildly bold. And yet in the middle of all of that, There is transformation and Daniel gets a ring and a robe and is promoted by telling the truth. Absolutely. And I really believe that God is going to bless you, our listeners, as you start to tell the truth of Jesus Mm. and that the protection that was given to Daniel is now going to come to you because we are entering the days of of harvest in the earth Come on. where God is going to back the harvesters. Yeah. That's you. You need to be saying out loud, I'm a harvester. I'm a harvester of souls. Come on. And God will back my boldness. Totally. And when you think about um, the, the names of God, let's consider one about Jesus. He is the desire of nations. And Jesus is truth. He is the standard of truth. And I think when God created the earth, when he created nations, when he created people, he put in them, even though most of them don't realize it, a deep hunger for truth. I actually think most people, despite what we may assume, deep down, I mean, past their kind of preconceived ideas and their notions and their pain, have a longing for truth. And the amount of times, I mean, we have countless testimonies where we've spoken to someone who isn't saved and maybe said a real hard truth to them. And they've been a little bit shocked upon first hearing, but actually very receptive to it. Why? Because God created people with a longing for truth. And sometimes it takes one person with boldness, with truth on their lips to unlock that longing that everyone actually already has. 
I mean, it is the day of truth telling and the day of a truth revolution. And I think the truth revolution and the billion soul harvest go together. Mm. And it's interesting. I was at the hairdressers yesterday and the hairdresser, it was a new guy who was in and he's uh, about the opposite of godly. (laughs) Uh, No Christian context at all in his life in his early 20s. And he's talking to me at length about, he says, what do you do for a living? And so I say, well, I'm a, a broadcaster, an author. In what area? In spirituality. What sort of spirituality? I said, well, let me ask you this first. Uh, do you have any questions about spirituality uh, or spirit beings? <gasps> spirit beings, yes. <laughs> and so he says, I have this spirit that came into my room and looked at me and I pull, I hid. He says, I put the covers over my head and I hid and I didn't know what to do. And then it was was still there and then it walked through the wall and then I you know sat upright in bed and then it came back and I hid under the covers wow. so this 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 young lad is hiding from his spirit yeah. and I said to him he said do you know how to do, deal with this I said of course I know how to deal with that of course I know you know and then he said and then it started to open and close my washing machine door have you ever heard of that I said yes that's a poltergeist that's actually quite normal my friend <gasps> it's normal yes it's normal so I say this to him you do know that it's a matter of authority. <gasps> Is it? And it, it starts to make sense. Yes, if, if you use the right authority, you can stop terrifying things. So, well, what's the authority? I said, oh, the authority is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You try that on all your poltergeists and spirits and you will be completely liberated. So he's saying, well, are you talking about religion? No, I'm talking about relationship with Jesus. So if I'm in relationship with Jesus and he's got authority, I can be free of these harassing spirits. Yes, my friend, you know, and it's that truth of Mm. making the spirit realm real and talking about where power lies and power and liberty lies in the name of Jesus. We're just too scared to talk about it. Totally. I actually think we as believers are more scared about truth conversations than uh, those who are not yet saved or those who seem to even be the opposite. You see, your hairdresser there, complete opposite of what we would say was godly. But he wasn't scared of that conversation. Not at all. He engaged with it as soon as there was an opportunity. It's actually normally us who are more reluctant to engage in those sorts of conversations. And that's where the pep talking comes in. I'm just going to speak. Come on, Sam, you can do it. You know, just say what needs to be said. Because, yes, there's going to be some moments where people roll their eyes at you or say, I don't want to talk to you. But most of the time, when, when those truths are said, when there's boldness, there is always a response response of wanting to know more there's always a response actually of of hunger your hairdresser was hungry why because something had happened in his life no one had the bravery or the solution to it but you rocked up and he wanted to know how can I engage I don't know whether you you find the same you know with I don't know whether your hairdresser your dentist or your personal trainer uh, the people we have conversations with but I find that most of them have some sort of spiritual experience or encounter they just want to be reassured that there's a higher power they want to know their name and when you say that it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth and he can liberate and, and he will quash 
that darkness or he will heal you? Do you want to be tuned into the top guy and have a relationship with him? I have never found uh, anybody resistant to that truth. No, me neither. Or, and even if they've not had a spiritual experience that they're aware of, they either know someone that has yes. or they have massive questions about it and want to know answers and it's literally across the board no matter kind of who I speak to that, that there is something of a hunger or a, 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 a questioning of what, what is spirits what, what what is the spirit realm and really what we're talking about so you remember is we're talking about the harvest yeah. season and the fact that you and i need to understand that we are partnering with an anointing in the earth for mm. harvest yeah. that the angels of harvest have been released the prayers of the saints have been heard over many years for mass salvation that it's actually the day of Cor cornelius's household salvation where whole households are going to get saved and we are now saying god you need to partner me with bold truth telling absolutely let me tell you one more biblical story which i, I think is going to actually become really important mm. and let's deal with the homosexual issue or sexual perversion mm. or lgbtq plus however you best phrase that and let's go to the story of jezebel <laughs> because this just just fascinates me. So Jezebel, um, as you know, uh, Jehu the king in the biblical story rides to her on horseback yeah. and she's painted her face. She knows he's coming. She's standing in the window and he on the horse shouts up to Jezebel, who's with me? In other words, I have truth. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, liberty Who's with me? Yeah. I have this belief system that is superior. Who's with me? It's an interesting phrase, but he's releasing this concept into the atmosphere that there's another way. Totally. That there's a better way. That where you are and how you are is not, is not the only way, which is what the world needs to hear. Where you are and how you are is not how it needs to be. Mm. So what happens then? I mean, do you want to take over the story? So he's shy. Outside, who's with me? What happens? Totally, because I think we, I think the crazy thing about this story is we think it's, it's Jehu who kills Jezebel, Jezebel, but actually, who's standing next to, to Jezebel Je in the window? In the windows, but her eunuchs, those who are sexually perverse, those who are, and particularly in the Old Testament, representative of gender fluidity and those things that we see today. It is them yes. who, in response to Jehu's cries, throw Jezebel out the window. And that's how she dies. Those who are bound in sexual perversion are the ones who take out the spirit that created that sexual perversion. I, I just, I, you're, I'm so excited by that scripture. It's awesome. Because we think we've got to argue, mm. you know, people out of their entrapments in the world. But actually what Jehu says is, all you shite is, do you know there's freedom yeah. do you know there's another way totally do you know there's another solution and actually the people in captivity as you say the eunuchs or the castrated ones are the lgbtq or the sexually perverse yeah of their day and they say we want to be free from oppression and actually i find when i'm talking to people who are locked in the kingdom of darkness all you need to say is exactly what jehu said absolutely do you know that actually you can be healed. 
Do you know that there's another way? Do you know that there's freedom? Do you Come know on. that there's, you don't, that's not even a controversial thing. It's not even a comment on their sin. <laughs> no. You are just literally ripping open the atmosphere with the possibility of Christ. And when you say that, people literally jump like spiritual midwifery into the boat and get saved. <laughs> and as we're coming to the end of this episode, we just want to release that kind of soul winning Come hunger. On and bold courage that you can get in line with the season of God as the harvest begins, where you are not going to wrestle for souls. You're not going to have a fight for, oh, nobody will believe me and I need to be really (laughs) cautious in case I'm offensive. Do you know, actually, people need to know that there's another option. They do. People need to know there's another way. So really, I promise you, that as you step out of the boat into boldness, you will hit the radical anointing of God like Daniel did where he got promoted for telling the Mm. truth, like Jehu saw liberation of captives just for the simplicity of saying, there's another way. Come on. Do you want to pray for them? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's all through scripture as well. Even Jesus with the woman at the well, he just speaks bold truth. And not only does she get saved, but her entire community gets saved because Jesus was not afraid to say what needed to be said. So right now in the name of Jesus, wherever you are, I release to you courage to be a bold truth teller that from you, from your innermost parts right now, that that desire for souls would rise up but it would also rise up married to bold, courageous truth-telling that you would not be afraid to say what needs to be said and that actually that you will be surprised by the openness and hunger by those who even appear shut down or locked down or, or, or shut away in darkness that they are desperate and hungry to hear the truth that God has for you to bring. So I bless you into that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, join us again for our next session of what the prophets say and lots of love from our house in Glasgow to you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. You clearly ooze stamina. May I gently encourage you to jump over to our website, propheticscots.com, where you can download my e-course, The Prophetic Warrior, nine highly interactive sessions that will equip and train you to hear the voice of God with ease. Make sure that you subscribe and like and share this podcast. You don't want to miss all the things we have coming up for you.